So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself, since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world that I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed him. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Who are you? Who are you? not talking to you, I'm sharing the title of this sermon. Who are you? Based on John chapter 8, verses 21 to 13. Jesus declared that he is the light of the world. And the Father testifies of who Jesus is. And those who will not, those who believe, will not walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. It follows that those who do not believe choose to remain in darkness. He would warn those who do not believe will die in their sins. But even with a dire warning, the majority of Jewish leaders of the time did not believe. Yet, yet, there were those who did believe him. First point is dying in sin. Let's read verses 24, 21 to 24. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? Since he says, where I am going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless 
you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Now, Jesus prophesied his death and resurrection here. I, where I'm going, you cannot come. He knew that that was the plan of the Father. The design was to die for the sins of many. And those who would believe shall be saved. And we understood as well that if you truly believe, you will obey. Although obedience does not save, but obedience is a result of genuine faith in Jesus Christ. It was a conversation, and somehow John, since the beginning, has written that it was an ongoing conversation from different locations when Jews, Jewish leaders, and mostly Pharisees and some scribes, experts of the law, would engage him in discussions. And uh, through those discussions, they tried to find ways to discredit him, yet as he explained who he is and how they misunderstood, misinterpret God's word, people would believe. Can you imagine this? Disagreements are happening in the conversations, but people are listening in, and some would believe. Now, there are pointless debates, but there are debates that have a point. Whenever we have to talk about the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we will defend that. We will defend that biblically. We will depend, defend that historically. We will defend that academically. Because the suffering and resurrection, death and resurrection of Christ is the heart of Christianity. The heart of the gospel. If there is no resurrection, there is no gospel, and there is no salvation. And that is the only thing that made Jesus different. He rose again, and he did not die again. Some would formulate theories to disprove it, but the more we study it, the more we become convinced that the testimony and the witness of the apostles, including John, the writer of the Gospel of John, is authentic. The witness is true. Now, Jesus also told those who questioned him that, well, where I am going, you cannot come because you are from below, I am from above. In effect, he would, for me, in my mind, as I read this or meditate, as if he is quoting Isaiah, where it says, his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. The Pharisees, including us, are of this world. And unless we are born from above, born of God, there is no spiritual life in us. And we attribute that alone to Jesus Christ. And he warned them that they would die in their sins 
if they do not believe. Now, not everyone will believe. Well, not everyone can believe. It is the Father who draws people to the Son. Yet those who hear the gospel should believe. Otherwise, they will die in their sin. And this is plain. And why do we believe this? Because we believe in the testimony of the apostles, those who lived with him and those who saw him, that he was resurrected. Others tried to disprove it by saying, one, oh, it's a conspiracy of all the apostles that they would pretend that they saw him. Now, if you were one of the apostles and you joined this conspiracy, as some would call it, are you willing to die for a white lie? Or no, it's not a white lie, it's a serious lie. Are you willing to be tortured, hung upside down, to be beheaded? Oh, and there are other worse things that happened. If you look at tradition, all the apostles died a horrible death. They were martyrs. In fact, when Jesus, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said that the Holy Spirit will come and you shall be my witnesses. And the word witness there in the Greek is the word martyr. You shall be my martyrs to the end of the earth. Will you die for a lie? For example, I'll create a story that you have to say that uh, Brother Ed rose from the dead, okay? And then you have to tell everyone that I rose from the dead. Were you willing to die for that? Uh, silly no. I wouldn't even die for that. Now, some say they smuggled the body out. It's on record, not only in the biblical text, but in history non-biblical writers that the stone was sealed with guards. How easy would that be to smuggle his body out of that? They sealed it because he said that he would rise again from the dead. Because they might steal. And if ever they overpowered the guards, which they did not, it is hard, it is difficult to smuggle a body outside Jerusalem during that time of Passover, a celebration where the many Jews from all over the world would gather there, it is difficult. Every street, every house and corner would be filled with people. It's like the fiestas of the olden days here. Every house seems to have a celebration. <coughs> Passover was a celebration. And we proclaim this message as well. Either you believe or you do not. We can discuss this academically. We can discuss this by context. But if you give me reasonings, abasta. I don't believe, so I don't believe. My only response to you, if your response is as simple as that, without really engaging in the thought process, then my response to you is simple. You will die in your sin. You are from below. You are not from above. You think like an earthly person. You do not think as Jesus thought. Therefore, you will die in your sin. It is important that 
We believe in who Jesus is because that is the gospel. You cannot invent another Jesus. You cannot change Jesus to conform to you where you would say, I think Jesus, all these conspiracy theories, let's say, you know, I think Jesus and Mary Magdalene were together. You know? They had a romantic relationship. Careful now. Or, or Jesus and John, they had bromance. And some would go as far to create a new Jesus to accommodate their modern lifestyle. Well, isn't really modern. It's been, that's how Rome lived. Openness to different ideologies, except that Caesar is Lord. Everybody's welcome as long as everybody says Caesar is Lord. All religions are welcome, except they acknowledge Caesar is Lord. It's open. Men with men, women with women. That was the society then. And that's also the warning. The fall of Rome was the fall from within, not fall from outside. The mighty Rome fell because of too much wrong ideology and too much pleasure-seeking making themselves the center as long as I think it's good, it's right, therefore it's right. That was the way of thinking then. We have to look back at history. And that's why Rome didn't like the Christians too much because even though all religions are welcome, they would not acknowledge that the sovereign person is Caesar. They would say, no. Jesus is Lord. That's why today, let's not sugarcoat it. When you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord in Rome, you're in trouble. You're prepared for persecution. You're willing to give your life. So let's add that because that is what the context says. If you acknowledge him, Lord, if you submit to his sovereignty above all else, you are prepared to suffer and die. Amen? Amen. So, are we? Lord, have you prayed this prayer? If you need me to lay down my life for your gospel, I will. But my prayer, Lord, is make me die of a good old age. <laughs> I bargain sometimes. Because that is what is required of us to surrender all to the point, even to the point of death. But then, Scripture says it is also a blessing to be martyred. Now, if you are now called to be martyred, can you bargain? You can try. But then the point is, if we truly believe, we are willing to suffer and die for what we believe. That's why believing here is not a passive believing. It is a believing to the point that you truly believe and you're willing to die for what you believe. Let's put that in context because that is the believing that the apostles witnessed to. It is not a believing of simply Jesus existed. I know he is Savior and Lord. I know he suffered and died. So what? I, I believe all those things. Then the next question, are you willing to live and die for him? According to his word. Yeah, Jesus was never alone. Next point. 
The Pharisees asked who he was. Jesus is the son of man as prophesied in Daniel 7, 13 to 14. The son of man is not only the son of a human. That's one way of saying it. But, but if you look at scripturally, the Old Testament, what does it mean when you say son of man? The one who will rule forever. The one who is sovereign over all kingdoms. He is destined to rule forever and ever. That is eternity. Moreover, Jesus is the I am. And I believe John really emphasized this. He is the I am. Moses was in front of the burning bush. And God was telling Moses, go to Pharaoh. Go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. I said, Lord, who am I? And... uh, who sent me? What's your name? What will I say? You tell Pharaoh the I am has sent you. The I am. Jesus said he is the I am. He always acknowledges the Father who sent him. Jesus does not do anything outside the Father's will. Well, thus he always pleases the Father. Verses 28 to 30. I'm sorry. I believe I jumped. Let me finish point number three before we go back to point number two, making it the finale. God has a purpose for everything. You see, this proves that nobody is perfect. For all of you watching through video, if you're not following the outline, you don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, let's backtrack. Who are you? Even though Jesus proclaimed who he was, the religious authorities still ask who he was. They could not see nor understand what he was saying, yet... Jesus made statements about judgment and the Father who sent him. Verse 25, so they said to him, who are you? And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Who are you? Just as I have been telling you from the beginning. Some people, even though we keep hearing the gospel, we don't understand it. Jesus has been revealing who he was. Not everybody is absorbing it, but some were believing. Verse 26, I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he was speaking to them about the Father. Jesus testified that his Father is true, and Jesus declared to the world that he heard from the Father. Now, even if Jesus plainly tells them, Not everyone would understand unless 
the Father makes them understand. And we find this in verse 65 of John chapter 6. Yet we challenge people to believe. And that is what John is doing. Yet he always has that note, unless the Father. So what do we do with that? Well, we just believe what is stated as plain as it is. We keep telling people to believe in Jesus Christ. Yet praying and trusting that the Father will open their eyes. Now Jesus said he's never alone. Let's read verses 28 to 30. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. Now if you read John in, in the Greek, it stops at ego eimi. It didn't, it doesn't add the He. It doesn't add the Greek word he, it stops at ego eimi. Then you will know that I am. And that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For I will always do the things that are pleasing to him. And we know, as testified in Scripture, that Jesus had no sin. The Father does not leave him alone. But one time, during suffering and death, when he takes on the sin, takes on our sins, he suffered for us. Then he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? At that moment, with no sin, he became sin. He had no sin, but as if he was a sinner. The world's sin was upon him. And then divine justice followed. The justice of God fell upon him. But God himself, knowing that he had no sin, and yet this part of the law must be fulfilled, divine justice must be fulfilled, but knowing that he had no sin, he will resurrect. The Father knew. Now, some foolish people would say, Wow, the only time, very few times I see a father killing a son, and it's in the Gospels. <laughs> you have to understand if the Father, the Father is judge. And if you have an earthly judge sparing his son, if son, the son committed the crime, what is that? That is injustice. And society will say, that is injustice. Why have you, a judge, spare your son who is guilty of a crime? God is not unjust. He is just. That's why the penalty fell. But him being father knew who his son was. He will rise again because he will defeat death. Now, verse 30, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. One thing we must understand here is 
or a question that might come to our minds is, what does it mean when Jesus said, verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, and take note, there's another portion of Scripture in John 3, just as Moses lifted the snake and talked about him being lifted up. So many believe this to be referring to his crucifixion, and some would even say his crucifixion and even his ascension when he is lifted up. Well, then the author ended, many believed. Wow. Can you imagine this conversation? Some of us like watching conversations, especially if it's an intellectual conversation. And we hear conversations, and this is amazing. Yet many believed in him. Application, let us not die in sin. Jesus warned that unless people believe in him, they will die in their sins. Well, we are sinners. We have committed sin. And by being sinners, we are guilty. Therefore, we need a savior. We need a justifier. One who will justify us even though we are guilty. And by divine law, they substitute an innocent animal in the Old Testament. So Jesus is our substitute, and that is if we believe. Because if we don't, we are already condemned. Jesus doesn't have to condemn us. Our sins condemn us. Because we are guilty. Thus we should believe Him in who He is and what He has done. By His grace, we can and should believe with all our hearts. But then let us not forget, if you remember the story here in chapter 8, of the one caught in adultery, well, caught, we're not sure if it's accurate, or one presented to her, to him, after they all have left, Jesus said that he who has no sin cast the first stone, and one of them, one after another left, and he asked the woman, where are they, has anybody condemned you, and said, no one. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. What does that mean? I don't condemn you, but hey, if you are really, let me paraphrase it in a human perspective. This is seeing what Jesus, but if you are really caught in adultery, you better stop now. Go and sin no more. You believe, we believe. Then we resist sin. What happens if we sin? Sin. We seek for forgiveness. We humble ourselves. We persist believing, knowing that He is forgiving. What happens is if we truly believe sin is no longer a habit, it is something we resist. And there is a difference between chasing after sin or enjoying sin or not even bothered by sin, but now we resist it because we know in whom we believe. Second application, explain who Jesus is. Aside from believing, we must explain. Please say the word, explain. We will proclaim, but we also need to explain. <clears throat> he is not a mere good man, a man of philosophy. He cannot be put in line with Buddha, Confucius, 
And the other philosophers, oh certainly not Muhammad, not in the same line. He died and rose again. He's Jesus the Messiah, the Son of Man who will rule forever and ever. He is more than a prophet, certainly more than a historical figure. Who is he, the Son of Man? He is sovereign. When you say the Son of Man, it means the sovereign one who will rule forever without end. The one who rules forever and ever. His dominion is limitless. Yet through him, even though he is that powerful, praise God, he is merciful. How do we receive that mercy? By believing in him, by following him. That is the mercy we receive. Some people argue if he is good, if he is merciful, why will he send people to hell? Because he is not just merciful, he is also just. Some people focus on one aspect of God while not including the other aspects of who he is. God is God. He is who he is as revealed in scripture, not the way we want him to be. <clears throat> now, what, how do we apply this? We engage people in conversation about the gospel. Even if some will not believe, others who listen will. Maybe immediately, maybe later. But we do not stop the conversation. Jesus did not stop the conversation. He conversed with them. He talked to them about the Father, about Himself, about how their wrong perspective about the law. It was a continuous engagement. And if you want a friendly engagement, we can talk. I have talked to some who did not believe in God and punctured the holes in their arguments, but then they can try as well in a friendly conversation, but some are afraid because they believed in something too shallow. They read one article, they watch a few YouTube videos, and then they believe. I said, let us engage, let us study. Too easily to manipulate. I'd like to say, backed up with thousands of research and scholarship, Jesus rose again from the dead. And there were eyewitnesses. Not only stated in scripture, but historians who are not writers of scripture would attest that there were people who saw him. Friends, family, he is alive today. And that's why we believe. We do not believe in a dead God. And that's why we also please the Father and please him. Because he's alive. The relationship with him is not only on a corporate level as a church, but it is deeply personal. If I displease him, Lord, forgive me. In every blessing, we thank him, Lord, thank you. Because it is a deeply personal relationship. 
please the Father. Jesus said that he speaks what he hears from the Father, and the Father is with him. We too must speak what we see in his word. And we have to believe him. We have to believe he is with us through the Holy Spirit. As Jesus said, he is not alone. We are not alone because Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will leave, but I'll send someone, the Spirit. The resurrected body of Christ ascended to heaven. At Pentecost, he sent the Spirit. And the Spirit is with all those who believe. We are not alone. You are not alone. If ever you feel alone, please find a quiet place and worship Him. Open the Holy Scriptures. But if you identify so much in this earth, you will feel that. Because that's how human emotion is made. Once in a while, we feel alone and lonely. Well, as a family, as families here and as a community, we must be there for each other. But, but, who comforts us? Who is first to comfort us? Is it a brother, a sister, a friend? No, my friends. For Jesus, it is his Father. For us, it is the Holy Spirit who comforts us. And we, with all our hearts, strive to please the Father. First, by believing what His Son declares in the Holy Scripture. Who are you? There to you a piece of poetry entitled, Who Are You? Who are you? Some of them asked him. They could not see. Their eyes were dim. And their ears were dull of hearing. They were not truly listening. Who is he? He is the I am. Jesus will judge all of the damned who remained in darkness and sin. New life in him did not begin. Thus, where he is, they cannot go. Consequences, nothing but woe. Unless they believe the I am, they will be so among the damned. Jesus Christ is the Son of Man. He will rule forever. That's God's plan. Believe then his testimony, Father and Son in unity. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your word is true and your word is life. Jesus Christ was lifted up on that cross because of our sin. We acknowledge that unity with Father and Son. As the one who sent Moses said, he is the I am, so we also believe Jesus saying, he is the I am. 
That unity of Father and Son will forever be a mystery to us. Yet we believed and we believe who Jesus is. The Word who was with God and the Word who was God became flesh, became a human. Yet not losing his status as God, but was tempted, felt the hunger, the pain, the temptation of a human. Lived a sinless life so he can sacrifice himself because only the worthy lamb can be sacrificed. The one with no blemish and no sin is the only one acceptable to heal the sin of the human race. Yet although the sacrifice is sufficient for all, we know that it is only efficient to those who believe. Only those who believe. So Father, we pray, open our eyes and our ears. Ears, Lord. Do not allow us to be deaf and blind to his words. We want to know the light of life in us. We want that light illumining our minds and hearts, affecting the way we live, the way we speak, the way we act, the way we behave, the way we meditate. Even in our private thoughts, we want your light. We want your word. If somebody asks us who is Jesus Christ, we can say he is the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Word of God, God himself, who became flesh for the salvation of many, to those who would believe. He did not come to condemn because sin has already condemned us. Yet in the last day, as he hears the Father's judgment, he will sentence those who did not believe. Give us a heart, give us a desire for him. Teach us not to be afraid to engage people about the Son of God the Son of Man, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Some may resist. And some will even persecute us. Yet we know you have warned us that those things will happen. Yet some will believe. In fact, many will believe as we continue speaking about you. Thank you, Lord. Be glorified in our lives. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.